Welcome to the American Grown Podcast, hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. Hi, I'm Austin Sullivan, and I'm your host for the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Today, we have Noah Starry, co-owner and operator of Ask for Noah and Star War Properties, a real estate entrepreneur born and raised in Lebanon City. He creates value for his community by taking worn down houses and making them modern homes. Noah, welcome to episode eight of the American Grown Podcast. Thanks for having me, brother. Perfect. Hey, for our listeners out there, I saw online you're a, a bit of a bourbon drinker, which I am myself. So for the first time in the studio, we're sipping on some Proper 12 and some Bullet. Cheers. Yeah, man. Cheers, bud. Now, do you have a, a favorite bourbon or favorite drink? I'm going to say you can't go wrong with a, a, a good old-fashioned. There's a place in Hummelstown. It's called Guillotines. It's a cigar lounge. Oh, um, nice. Vaughn, who is the, uh, I think he's part owner, but he's the owner's son. Shout out to Yvonne. Yeah. Greatest old fashioned I've ever had in my life. Um, because it definitely is how in the process, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but Jefferson's, like I told you, um, uh, Jefferson's bourbon is probably my favorite by far. Um, and then ocean they're aged at sea bourbon. Yeah. Uh, dude, that was just hits different. It, it's smooth. Like, you know, there's some bourbons out there that you get that little kick to it and stuff like that. This is smooth. It's cool. You yeah. know, cause you know how it gives you a little like mm-hmm. numbness and whatnot. Oh yeah. It's cool. It's smooth. It's refreshing. Like it is just phenomenal compared to like, I've had some higher end bourbons and this just tops it, you know, yeah. tops it off, man. Okay. Um, it's a it's decently affordable like you, you'll get like a, a a small bottle for like i think it's 70 dollars yeah. which again like to some people you know don't get me wrong that's a little chunky but it is so worth it. especially like bourbon is an experience cigars are an experience i think that's why i love it you know what i mean because when i was younger i was a riffraff i was a partier like i i drank to get fucked up as I got older and just, you know, like beer, I like IPAs. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the flavor of it. Okay. I don't enjoy being fucked up. Maybe, right. maybe. I'll, I don't know if anybody does. Maybe, I don't know, man. There's, <laughs> There's people out there that just want to like, you know what I mean? Just yeah. get trash. But yeah. don't get me wrong. I like that, that fine line of being, you know, not tipsy, but I'm cruising. You know, the whole idea behind bourbon and cigars is like, you're supposed to enjoy the moment. You're supposed to savor the flavor, you know, things like that. And, and I'm a novice. Like I told you, know, I was saying to you earlier, like I am no archive of this bourbon was, you know, blah, 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 or right. how, how people are with wine of like, yeah, there's <laughs> some snobbish, there's some hazelnut and all this other bullshit. In right. it. But I do appreciate like, you know, there's many times where I sit down with a buddy or another investor and we're talking and, I'm sipping on because I sip. I drink bourbon straight on the rocks though, not yeah. neat. Yeah, never neat. No, no, I'm not. That is like an old school myth. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of high end. Like if you follow guys on Instagram and stuff like that, that are like, you know, luxury whiskey and bourbon. They're yeah. all about like 
oh the water blah 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 the ice it's saturated mm-hmm. no fuck that like no i ain't yeah. drinking bourbon warm as fuck <laughs> but overall like i said bourbon and and cigars are about the experience it's about what's happening in the moment yeah savoring it you're not chugging it and if you get you know feeling good Nothing Fantastic. wrong with that. Exactly. You know so yeah. that, that's how I feel about bourbon and cigars. Well, I got you. Uh, my recommendation, I would say for a bourbon, I like uh, Old Foe or Old Forester, especially the Statesman bottle. Okay. Um, now, the Statesman ties in with uh, the Kingsman, which I don't know if you saw the uh, the Kingsman, the movies. Bro, I love... Oh, it's phenomenal. I, I love Edgar Tarrington, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Yes. He's the main actor. Yeah. Um, so that's actually what that nameplate is right there for the yes. listeners. I saw um, that, man. We're in, we're in my office slash American Grown Podcast Eggsy studio. was his name. Eggsy. That's yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So my that, son, that's my by go-to. the way, yeah. loves Kingsman. No way. Okay. Love. I will say out there, listeners, if you think I'm a bad parent and that movie's not proper <sighs> for a kid, my whole thing is like, we're I'm a movie guy. Yeah. And I just think like the acting, the plot, the comic relief, (laughs) and then like the history. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's where I love movies that tie in real life history behind it. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's something I'd recommend. um, And it doesn't break you know break the bank. Um, I'm gonna have to. You have to. Yeah, you you got. Yeah, you have to. I have to write that down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The other thing I got to try, which we I mentioned earlier, is the the Pappy Van Winkle. smooth as hell that's I got, I got a, a finger of it just a little taste i was yeah. gonna say that is a that is a renowned flint mm-hmm. like oh. in the bourbon realm yeah crazy story right okay the louis vuitton the third or the 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 king louis the third or whatever it is yeah i can't remember like it's uh i think it's six thousand dollars a bottle yep. At guillotines yeah. they have one right so i was out there um the owner of that is Italian. Mm-hmm. Yvonne's Italian, right? His dad is the owner. Dope-ass guy, right? But they have that. Um, and just, if you can picture it, I'm a visual guy, so if you can picture it, yeah. it's a round bar, and they have all their alcohol at the top, and then behind that is a glass humidor with their cigars. Yeah. So it has that, like, cigar, bourbon, right. luxury feel. Jeez. But, yeah, that bottle right there, right? You know, you have... You have um, rappers talking about it you Mm -hmm. got you know avid bourbon like they invest like and this is another thing is like you can invest in bourbon bro right you can literally buy a bourbon bottle right yeah and it's it's supposed to appreciate i think it's like seven percent year over year yeah like it's investment i I didn't know that bro yeah um but anyways he was telling me a story of like he's only ever poured he's poured three shots since they bought it Okay. And he's like, he's like, dude, every time I pour it, I'm shaking. Because <laughs> he's like, it? one drop's $20. But I'm just like, you know, and and I just think stuff like that is crazy of like yeah. the different levels of life and where you're at and whatnot. Because don't get me wrong, I want to definitely have, it's, I forget, it was like, I'm trying to think how much, I think it was like $600 a shot. Yeah, I believe it. I a mean, shot, not like, you oh. got to think, when you get a glass, man, you're probably, you're, a good bartender and a good rapport with a bartender and, a, yeah. and you're getting bourbon, you're at two ounces, like easily, maybe even three to four. Right. Cause you're, you know what I mean? I would agree. Uh, if you're not, whatever, it's an ounce. So you got to put that in perspective of like an ounce is roughly probably like a shot or, you know, yeah. $600, you know yeah. what I mean? And that, and again, like, I don't know. It, that's just the number I remember them telling no, me no, what they charge. You're, you're right. I, I I looked up, did some research, and uh, yeah, three to six grand or more per bottle. You know, that's just to get a bottle. And the, how I got it 
through my father-in-law, uh, Johnny and Mikey, if you guys are listening, shout out to you guys. They hooked me up. Um, You've tried it? I've tried it. Yes. No Only a finger way, though. Just a, little, just a little sip. Yeah, man. I'm just like you. the, the, the van, oh. the, the, the pappy. Yeah. The pappy was so good. It was just a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, shout out crazy. to those guys. Everybody, like if you're into bourbon, <laughs> I love how you say the, the, the finger. Cause like that oh, yeah. is like when the measurements, yeah. yeah. When you're taste testing or something on a higher level, like for listeners to like understand, because again, good point. Yeah, bourbon. Uh, I'm an investor, and we'll get into that. Yep. Um, Rolexes. That's another thing. Like, there are avid investors that literally invest in Rolexes, bourbon, yeah. cigars, things that you don't typically you think invest with stocks, mm-hmm. right? Maybe, maybe real estate. Real estate. Yeah. But like, it's funny you use the finger because that is that is literally like how you test or flavor a. Yeah. A very high end, expensive, well, perspective, expensive, right? Uh, bourbon, and it's just, it's crazy. That's yeah. dope that you tried that, man. Yeah, well, I got real lucky. Yeah, like I said, my father in law and, and, and his one good buddy that I got to know. Well, whoever your father in law yeah. is and his buddy, that's where I want to be. That's where you want to be. Right? You know <laughs> I'll mean? see what I could do. Yeah, I'll see what I could do. I want to be buying a bottle of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. That oh, is. Yeah. Because it fits like what I want, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got rappers who want that. What is that? That Ace of Spades or whatever. Yeah. That one. I've seen it. That bottle that has like never the cross tasted it. on it. Or, I don't yeah. Know. All I know is it's like ten thousand dollars a bottle. No wonder. I haven't you know tasted what I'm saying? it. Yeah. Like holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. But another good bourbon, real quick. Yeah. Local hidden still shout out. So, I can't think of his first name. Stein. See his brother Steve Steven Stein. Shout out to Steven. Steve. Scuba Steve, my guy, is one of our foremans on our crew for okay. our business. His brother is the one who who founded Hidden Still. Dave, 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 Dave Stein, yeah, yeah, Dave. Yeah. And um, so shout out to Steve, my guy, for you know what I mean, being yeah. a phenomenal you know tradesman. But because of that and them originating in Lebanon, yeah, they're in Hershey now. But right. they originally were founded in homegrown and, right here. And I always, I one day I'm gonna tell Dave like I want you to make sure that you tell everyone that you were founded in Lebanon, Lebanon County. Um, right. I'm thankful for where they were established because when he left uh, the uh, an old uh, Reading Foundry building, um, a, a new owner acquired it and yeah. fulfilled it in a good way. But my foreman did all the work. I don't know if you were at Hidden Still when they first oh, were yeah. in Lebanon. Beautiful, nice did all, bar. Steve, my guy, yeah. did all that work. His wow. brother. Fantastic. Um, shout nice out to job. Hidden Still. They're yeah. Dave E. David E. I call Davey. Yeah. Double oaked bourbon. It's good. Money. It okay. is money. I will give them. I will like. They're definitely yeah. on like my top. I have a bottle at home. Like it is. It is smooth. You know yeah. what I mean. And being a local spot, man. And I told you earlier, like I'm all about being local. Exactly. No, so I appreciate. If that. you're listening and you want to get into bourbon for a low cost, and you want to support you know, small business, David E. Hidden Still is a phenomenal way to start, man. Their whiskey, the Stolen Wolf is good. Um, And their David E. Bourbon, uh, I would recommend. It's a little more expensive, double oaked. Yeah. It's a little softer on the tongue, you know what I mean? It is smoother, but um, it is delicious. So please check that out. Shout out to uh, Steiny at uh, Hidden Stills. Yeah, man. I've never actually met him him in person. No, no, I would no, love. We, we do some printing for him here at Color yeah. Tech. We do a little bit of like printing. Like I said, his brother yeah. is my. He's one of our. Like honestly, he yeah is a 
crucial part to our crew. You know what yeah. I mean? And you can see the work he did, man. And Fantastic. Hit, you know, hit instilled the Seriously. original spot, not Hershey. Yeah. Well, actually, I've never been to the Hershey. One. They actually did do work out in Hershey, too. Oh, I had to check it out. my construction manager. Yeah. So. No, very cool. So, Noah, uh, to, to get back on track here, yep. you know, and, and get your story going. <laughs> ADHD. Yeah, no, man, all good. Uh, to, but uh, describe for the listeners what life was like growing up here in Lebanon City. What was it like? So, you know, growing up here, man, and you're you're a Lebanon guy. Yep. And, um, I grew up off of 3rd Street um, by Good Samaritan Hospital, if anyone's familiar with Lebanon. Um, Lebanon is all... People have to understand that okay, Harrisburg, PA is our capital, right? Yeah. Hershey, PA is the the you know sweetest place on earth, and then you have Philadelphia, right? Of like Lebanon, Pitt, Pittsburgh, and whatnot. But out of Central PA, you have Harrisburg. Um, there's Lancaster, which has become yeah. like we always call, from my perspective, is like the junior Philadelphia. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, especially in the past decade, um, you got York, things like that. Lebanon is 20 or 30 years behind all these areas. And you can agree to me that yeah. we're an old grown dutchy mm-hmm. right. ass place. <laughs> okay. So growing up, mm-hmm. you know, it was definitely a, Lebanon's considered urban, but we've always been a small town. Yes. Um, yeah. Lebanon has rich history. Um, if anybody, anybody's listening out there of like, you know, we have the Coleman's family where the daughter actually married, um, uh, the president of the United States. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember which president God. it is cause I suck at I that type of history. Me. I know my memory's awful. Um, we were actually, because of the Coleman's, we were like the top 10 wealthiest city on the East coast at one point back. And I'm talking like, this is right. early on. You got to think London was established very early on. Yeah. Um, so rich history, all these things, but you know, over the years, with you know, Lebanon becoming a urban setting, and we've had a, a strong poverty spiel for you know, mm-hmm. we had the steel mill. Lebanon was famous oh, yeah, for the Lebanon steel mill, yeah. like Babe Ruth. Babe yeah. Ruth. Yeah. You're talking about a World Series, you know, Hall of Famer. I'm a Red Sox fan, so it's it's salty in my book of like right. us getting rid of him and w- him winning in, for New York. Worked at the steel mill. My great uncle worked with him. Um, wow. You know, the steel mill was the lifeblood during any, like I would say from like the 40s to the 70s, whenever they, I forget when they were established, um, they actually established a lot of the housing in Lebanon. So like if you're on, and this is, you know, for you directly, but yeah. um, off of like, like where the south side near Lincoln, a lot of okay. those homes, like where Locust is mm-hmm. on the on the east side of, of Lincoln, were actually built by the steel mill for their supervisors. Whoa. A lot of the blue collar workers lived on the north side. Okay. You know, and then the south side, if you you're you're on a, a, a high street and Park Ave and all that other stuff. Yeah. Where they're really big house, those are all like doctors and professionals. So yeah, like yeah. the hierarchy of lead then was really established early on and the steel mill really fed that because if you look back at pictures in the 70s like right there where snyder drive is and Lebanon federal credit mm-hmm. people out there it's a local bank and stuff where the steel mill buildings were they developed all that land you know what i mean so like yeah. you're talking like suit like good paying jobs you know at the height of like blue collar america and then it disappeared right and there was nothing to sustain it so Growing up in Lebanon when I was younger and in my, like our time frame and stuff like that, we had a development of um, low income, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an influx of minorities, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. Just, you know, right. the data speaks of like with the minorities, it, they were in low, low income. And, you know, uh, like I grew up with a lot of Hispanics, which I love. You know, I used to be able to speak a little bit of Spanish. I okay. could understand. Like it was, it was all, you know, that was like yeah, the Latin women. Right. You know, I love you, my my honey bun and my woman, but I've all I never dated a white woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, wow. No no yeah. disrespect to right. white women out there. Yeah. But um teach his own. Teach like his own. I grew up in the Hispanic culture in London and growing up that was really heavy on me, you know, where we're yeah. where, I, where we're from and big like how Latin, yeah, big influence, yeah. large influence. So with all that being said, like um I'm a uh, it's me and my brother. You know, we are the kids of uh, Marina and Neil Starry, um, which is crazy. Both small business owners, both entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, my dad was a drywaller. My mom, a beautician. Um, my dad actually owned his own drywall company, which honestly was like the go-to drywall company in the area. It was called Hawk and Trowel. Um, back then, that the Hawk and the Trowel were the two tools that like a that was the only tools you used as a drywaller. Nowadays, it's a little different. You got these machines and stuff, all that stuff. But shout out to my pops. He was a hard worker. And um, that's where I, yeah, not my mom's a hard worker, but my dad, he would wake up before the sun and go to bed after the sun. Um, he would sometimes miss dinner and stuff like that. He yeah. was a working man. Hus- like, I mean, and, you yeah. know, sometimes there's fault to that and whatnot, but. Um, and then my mom was a beautician and she helped run that business. Um, growing up, like when I was younger, you know, um, my brother, you know, being a, an 80s baby, but being, we always talk about like, you know, when are you born? Yeah. Like, oh, you're an 80s baby, but you're really not. You're a 90s baby. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're 90s babies. Right, right. But, yeah. But realistically, we're actually like the most of the stuff we remember was 2000s as children. Whereas my yeah. brother, the 90s, like. My brother had the original Charles Barkley's. My brother had the original, like, you know, the he like his favorite pair was the Jordan 11's originals. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, shoes that are worth thousands of dollars now. Yeah. And, um, Talk about investments. Dude. Yeah. Shoes. It's frustrating because, like, I trashed them shoes. Oh, no. Because they were hand-me-downs. And yeah. I'm like, yo, I got, I got my brother's Charles Barkley's. I'm rocking these. Scrapes and playing <laughs> ball and stuff. And now If I'm only like, you knew. Bro, I, re- I had a penny. I had the Penny Hardaway's. Right, the yeah. um, I forget what they were exactly, but I remember going to Sneaker Villa. If anybody knows in Reading, like it was a big okay. sneaker spot, and um, I had the Penny Hardaways, and they were the New York Knicks like color scheme, right? Yeah, I looked at how much those the originals are. I bought them back in like my brother got them for me back in like the mid two thousands. You're talking like a couple thousand dollars, and I just yeah. and I because I, I got those and I love them, so I, I told my mom I wanted the Penny Hardaways and the red red and white for the Lebanon Cedars, yeah, yeah, because I played basketball. Perfect. What I'm trying to get at is like growing up, my we we lived pretty well in my early years because my dad had his business established, making you know a couple hundred thousand dollars, like you know, in revenue. Um, and he was always constantly reinvesting. Yeah. Um, I think the downfall for him was not diversifying. He should have bought some real estate. He should have done this, but he, and I don't, I don't like, I love my dad for this, but he believed in himself. So he would reinvest. Like, I mean, every dollar after our living would go right back into the business. Co- so if company, he made yeah. 200 grand in profit, man, we probably lived off like 60 or $70,000, mm-hmm. you know, which is a lot back then. Yeah. A lot, a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Plus my mom, everything else back in the business 
Yeah, I mean, wow. buying new equipment, um, you know, ordering more material, uh, getting more vehicles, all that other stuff. So um, everything was great, um, you know. And I, I, I'm not gonna say I had a horrible life, but um, when I was a freshman or about eighth grade, you know, my dad fell ill. You know, and no disrespect or any like I, like it's a tough subject for me, but um, mental illness, and this is why I'm so adamant on being aware of this. Um, yeah, my dad. His childhood was was difficult. You know what I mean. Single mom. He was one of five kids, the youngest. The distance between him and his next, you know, sibling was was um, I think a decade. Wow. You know what I mean. And people don't realize like that. That's a big difference. Like just yeah. like if we put in perspective, like if you're seven, mm-hmm. your sibling's seventeen. Yeah. You're seven playing with toys. They're out there. Fucking drinking, yeah. smoking, right. being a teenager, being, uh, yeah. getting in trouble. Exactly. Like, there's a big difference. And with that, you know, my dad struggled with a lot of mental illnesses. And it, what, like, he was an alcoholic when we were younger. That was probably the only thing when I was like real young that was tough. I didn't remember it a lot, but my brother got kind of the the harsher end of it. You so know? your brother's older, or my brother is seven years older than me. Okay. Um, born in 1985. Uh, shout out to my mom, who's a warrior. She was yeah. born 19... Uh, she graduated, had my brother, and got married in 1985. Wow. And you got to understand, like, people don't realize, like, the way times were. Like, you were pregnant in high school? Like, that wasn't acceptable. That was... Like, others yeah. taught... And they talk shit now, but I mean, like, it was definitely, you yeah, know? Yeah. Big and difference. the fact she... And then the fact that she had a kid before she was married and all these other things. So, like, shout out to my mom for being strong as fuck. Yeah, yeah. At 18 years old, having a, a child, graduating high school, and getting married. You know, with all that, um, my dad was an alcoholic for a time period. Um, and we go back to mental illness. Like, um, there's something that we do in our business in our uh, that a, a consultant had, had approached us about um, a while back of, like, when you have an issue, it's it's we always think well what's the problem set of the issue right yeah one, one thing before that the one why but in reality you have to go back five whys that yeah. finds the root right and where i'm getting at this is you know with uh mental you know mental illness and things like that you know we're like well why is he like this you could you could be going back years decades of like some type of you know a, a traumatizing time that could be a very short period of time in life and like i said my dad had a a, a tough life you know it's like i yeah. said where, when i explained that and so he was he, he definitely had an issue with alcohol and don't get me wrong my mom definitely held her own yeah <laughs> my dad will yeah. tell you that my mom's no softy right but it's still it still was tough for my brother you know i was just, i don't remember those times you know right. what i mean like you were young the only thing young. i remember is we used to go to my one my uncles my godfathers but i call okay. them my uncle and I didn't, I used to think, oh man, we're going to, you know, it'd be like seven yeah. o'clock, eight o'clock at night. Oh, we're going to uncle Bob's. Awesome. You know, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but in reality, now that I'm older, I understand of like what was really going on. Like my dad yeah. was belligerent and you know, these are things that are tough to talk about. Cause like, I love my parents and my parents have shaped me and they're amazing parents. Amazing. But I'm all about the reality of life. Mm-hmm. Everybody got skeletons, and I'm going to talk about oh, yeah. it because it shaped who I am. And those are experiences like I'm not going to hide. And, you know, if anybody wants to think my dad was a bad guy or my mom should have done something different, that's bullshit. Yeah. Because guess what? I'm pretty successful and I'm pretty, oh, yeah. I'm living pretty well. We're going to get into that. I'm yeah. happy. So, but growing up, 
short, let's like get into the next thing of like, uh, early on, um, great. My parents were well off, worked hard, whatever. My dad, um, hit a wall in his life and, you know, his mental illness really took a big, big smack to him and things really got to a struggle. So like my high school, not a lot of people know about this, but we struggled and I didn't even know it. My mom worked, you know, my dad, the business disappeared like in a week. We had the labor and industry auditing. We had the IRS auditing. Like it was, it was wild. Like everything happened like that. Right. And I didn't, I wasn't aware of this until being an adult, but like, you know, my mom had to step up and basically like take control of everything. You know what I mean? Like my right. freshman year, I don't even remember, like, I really didn't talk to my dad. Yeah. You know? And I would say during my high school years, I didn't even have a real relationship with my pops, like because of the situation. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that my mom, like how strong my mom was. She, she took on, like she worked, she worked at Walmart while cutting okay. hair and I took it for, you know, like I, I took it for granted, like realizing but yeah. the high school years were rough and, and I had some mental, you know, illness. Like I struggle with anger. Mm-hmm. I had anger problems, man. Like yeah. I actually seem like a real nice guy from what little I know about you and, and pretty cool and calm. I, yeah. So maybe over the years I've grown a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, senior, I think it was senior year. Uh, we're playing Manheim Township, you know, okay. you're a local guy, so you know, yeah. like, um, I broke their scores table out of, yeah, I lost I, their scores. Yeah, bro, I lost what, my you body slam it or nah. So like I actually, I slammed it with my fist. So what it came okay. about is like, you get fouled or something. They were, they were being a little dirty. Talking you know trash. I mean? No, I was getting, yeah, I was getting okay. some, some gut shots and we all know uh, how sports is, man. Like if the ref ain't seeing it, it's fair game. It's good. And I respect yeah. that. But at the same time, I'm going to be vocal about it. And, um, yeah. we were known to, Lebanon's always been known to, you know, cause we, a lot of people look at Lebanon as like, the rowdy bouch, you yeah. know, the rowdy, the yeah, rowdy yeah. bunch. And so we would get in fights a lot because it was more of us just standing up, you know, to bullshit of like, you know, we aren't that type or whatever. So long story short, I told the ref and I said some really crazy fucked up shit to the ref. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, yeah. And he was like, you're out. And I came over to the scores table and I took both my fists and I, Right in front of um, our bookkeeper, I slammed it yeah. and I cracked the the uh, the tabletop Jeez. and I broke their glass. Like 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 Thor, you're just like, dude. It was like I was on, and then so from there, then I stormed off and I went yeah. into the so Manhattan Township. Well, your adrenaline's rushing, dude. I was yeah. and like my issues, I would like black out. There was no oh man true recollection of like what was going on. I was just like fuck everybody. Yeah. And that's how I would be, man. And and I think it was, be, it st- again, it goes back five wise. And it stemmed from like, I think it was the struggle of like my pops not really being like mentally there when I was in high school. Like my mom was the foundation it, in high school it, where, yeah. where it means the most of like, oh, this does. is a male, I would say, yeah, yeah. Don't, please don't kill me. Like people out there of the whole male, female, whatever. I'm a quality, but for a, a male growing up having a male figure however that looks no matter which way it looks Mm. is very important for development because we look alike we have the same body parts testosterone like and i think it's father figure i struggled in that you know what i mean and like it's it's tough to talk about because like my dad takes that 
some type of way. But yeah. the truth is the truth. And yeah, man, I remember going back, right? They sent me back to the locker room and there was a hallway where the locker room was. And I, I fucking punched one of the uh, uh, lockers and I dented it, but I, my hand was jacked up, yeah, blood. And at this, oh, geez. The, one of their security guards who was like, a, he was a pretty, he looked like Peter Griffin. <laughs> and okay. he, he looked at me and he, this is his words. I don't get fucking paid enough for this and walk the fuck away. <laughs> and I went in the locker room and I remember, yeah. um, oh, you know, uh, just like, you know, I can't, I think it was my assistant. I think it was coach Spiro at the time. Maybe it wasn't, but I just, I just remember like, yeah, man, I had, and that wasn't the, that wasn't the only time of the, like I had that during AAU too, which was like a little bit later in life, like yeah. right before my son and uh, same situation. And like I told the, told the ref, I was like, I'll cut your fucking throat. Wow, <laughs> I yeah. was a piece of you shit. Were... <laughs> when I got pissed, it was, and that again, like I had anger issues, and it, yeah. and I was, you said like I seemed like, and I was, I was man, I was a very social type of guy. Yeah, yeah. In high school during lunch, we had thirty minutes. I'd eat the first 10, 20 minutes. I had to hit every table. You'd be talking to everybody. I had yeah. to make sure I was meeting with the nerdy kids. I was meeting with the... And again, don't get mad at me for fucking stereotyping or putting these fucking categories. But it it is what it is. The jocks. The hood motherfuckers. Yeah. The cheerleaders. Like, all that. That was just, like, my natural... That was just me. But I had a very fucked up, dark, shitty side that was not cool. So... Like I said, growing up, high school was a tough, tough one for me, yeah. man. You know, it sounds like your mom was definitely your your superhero, right? But now I'm a mama's boy, bro. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with <laughs> I that admit, at all. dude. Yeah, it's funny. Nothing People get that. like offended by. It. I'm a mama's boy, yeah. straight up. Proud of. Love it. my pops. Yeah. yeah, I get a lot of good traits from him and the hard work and all that, and stuff. But my mom is yeah. was my rock. While you're at high school uh, here at Lebanon, was there any teachers, coaches, or any mentors that you want to shout out? Um, you know, just give him credit for, for helping you along the way. Oh, yeah, man. Um, shout out to uh, Edward Montijo. Okay. Which is insane that you brought that up because I, I am just rekindling that relationship. Dude. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a religious guy, but I'm a, I'm a spiritual. You okay. Know I mean, I'm a big believer in God and, and I follow mostly the Christian ways and like the whole teachings of like, you know, you give it to God and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, man, that man was definitely a huge help in my life during high school of and it was crazy is he was my math teacher like he wasn't a coach yeah he wasn't beyond like i didn't i didn't expect that no bro like uh, it he understood me on a level that a lot of others didn't Mm -hmm. and i just connected with it like my son's a daddy's boy right and I believe because of the harshness and discipline that I in in tru- like I push on him, I believe as us as human beings, like we, you know, like you have little girls, right? When you're little, yeah. little girls that like you, they pick on you, they they beat you up and all our stuff. Mm-hmm. Same concept because it's just like our natural. We always like flow with the opposition, which is really weird. But it like is, yeah. he was, he was tough on me, man. Like he was challenging to me um and you know just help and after high school too like after like later on in the years i have my kid and stuff like that like yeah. he was still a big like part of my life i used to go have dinner with him and his wife and, and kids and stuff like that um played chess which again i felt like i fell off from that for years and i just emailed saying hey man like um you know 
thanking you for thanking him for everything in my life. And I just was straight up like I'm a I've gotten to a point where I don't want to bullshit. I don't want to waste time. Like I'm straightforward. Like mm-hmm. I hit him up like I need a spiritual leader. Like I need a mentor in my life that's spiritually like that can guide me in that area. And and he was always that type of guy. And you know, so Edward Montillo, huge help in my life. Um I also uh Mr. Giovino. Shout out to Mr. Giovino too. Um I almost punched him in the face. Okay. Um, Back to that uh Yeah, that swinger, that aggression, you know, because he was the athletic director. So like Okay. You know, he he got you know, he saw me grow up through the sports and stuff like that. Right. But, um, you know, he I appreciate him, you know, like I remember pulling him pulling me in the office and being like so it was it was a senior like we had some senior like activities or whatnot and yeah. it was it was dress your best, right? Okay. So me and my boys were like, We're gonna dress up as inmates. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and we yeah. walked up to the door and um that's great mr umbenhauer shout out to you buddy um he, mr umbenhauer's a great guy he was mm-hmm. my uh, i remember him being my homeroom teacher and stuff like that and i actually have a relationship professionally now because i work like doing things with the school and stuff okay yeah. um, shout out to him but he totally was at the door that i entered through the back and was like he didn't say this but this is how i felt turn the fuck around you're, you're going home one, if I went home, my mom would fucking have my ass if she found out. And two, I'm I was sure. like, nah, like, this is a joke. Like, this is a, yeah. I'm having a good time, like, blah, blah, blah. And I, f- like, I went home, changed, and came back, and I fucking was pissed. Yeah. I had a fucking chip on my shoulder of, like, fuck all y'all. Mm-hmm. I was, dude, I was a grade A student. I, was, I graduated yeah. 4.044. Oh, shit. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, I was involved in multiple things, which I thought was the ability to, get away and all this right, other stuff. So I right. was like, fuck all y'all. Yeah. I'm doing great in school. I'm an athlete, blah, 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 all this other bullshit. Yeah. Entitlement. I'm mm. not going to lie. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I was definitely felt, now when I say entitlement, I don't mean like born with it. I meant like right. I earned that fucking shit. Yeah. Oh, you I, had to. I, I Sounds like, did I mean, great in school. Yeah. I fucking was a good athlete. I was involved in the, you know, extracurriculars, volunteered, all that other bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and Mr. G approached me. I was like, get the fuck out of my face. Like, and I, yeah, I remember I almost broke. So I believe it was between the gym and the auditorium because his office was in the gym. Okay. And I was coming down the corridor. And at the time before they renovated, it was um a glass hallway between, everybody calls it the three ring circus. Yeah, three ring circus. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was walking there and I was like, yo, get the fuck out of my face. And I just remember, I don't know if I slammed or punched the door and I almost like, I probably almost broke it. Like it was... It was fucked. And then he was like, look, man, just come in my office. Like, please. Yeah. I I was like, you know, which is crazy because I was usually the type of like, nah, fuck off. I'm going. Yeah. But it's probably good you did. I sat down with him and he brought me in his office. And like, it was like the first time that like I got to kind of like let it out. of like, you know, I'm like, gave it to him. You know what I mean? And he Mm -hmm. listened. So shout out Mr. Giovino. And then there's a, like, I always had great teachers and stuff like that. Mr. Hipschman, Clint Hipschman, fucking guy. Uh, you know, Mr. Bensing, Mr. Licka, shout out that fucking guidance counselor. And, you know, um, but coach wise, yeah. I'm going to say biggest ones would be George Kreiser, who runs our Lebanon Bitty basketball now. Okay. Fantastic. Oh, he's a great guy. I know George. Dude, yeah, yeah. George, Georgie, yeah. coach, coach. And I like, it's crazy. I still call these guys coach. Yeah. When I talk oh, I do them. the same thing. Like, you know, for those old school coaches that it you just. Yep. It is what it so uh George Kreiser it's respect, Ted, Thompson, Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson. Okay. Uh, again, 
you want to talk about like going way back of my anger issues. I, I got in it really hard with him when I was a younger kid, hardcore. Yeah. And Teddy, Coach Thompson, one of my greatest coaches, again, I think what got me clo- like respectful of that is is like he was old school. Yeah. Like we had trash can practices. I don't know if anybody knows what trash that is. Can. It's like No, teach me. Tell, tell uh, me. All right. Well, we about to go into it. Like anybody that is probably from like the nineties is trash can practices like you set up trash cans on either end and you run. And you run and you run and I got it's a bad there. feeling. It's there if you're gonna throw up. Wow. Jeez. And you basically run until you throw up. And Oof. you know, he came into my life towards the end of his career. And I just really appreciate like his his toughness and grittiness and, and that, you know, like holding us accountable and stuff like that. Um, coach, now I'm going to probably the two best coaches that I would say that had the biggest impact on me, like yeah, yeah. overall as in like the, the emotional side of things, mm-hmm. coach Sanders and, and, uh, uh, coach bumps. So bumps was, uh, my buddy's dad actually. And then coach Sanders was our assistant, like, he was the JV coach and the uh, for high school and the assistant coach. Man, my senior year, I almost didn't play. Oh wow! For you know, I'm not gonna get into it, but yeah. You know, the first per the first two people, my well, Coach Bumps was there watching, and the and then unfortunately, my senior year, Coach Sanders wasn't involved anymore. Won't get into it. Have no idea, but um, she called him because I was. You'll learn when my mind's made up. Yeah. There is no going back, man. And I told, all I was in. at You're a summer in. and I was like, Mom, I walked out. I walked out of a summer league game and I said, Mom, I'm done. This is not like I'm not having fun and I'm not enjoying myself. Yeah. And it was just crazy. I had a 17, 18 year old kid saying that of like, fuck this. Like, and I was pretty good. Like, I had the opportunity. Like, I, I was, I wanted to play collegiate all our stuff. She called Coach Sanders, man, and he talked me back into get like staying with it, and I'll never forget that. Um, Bumps was at the second altercation of when I fucking okay was gonna kill the fucking ref. So, uh, Coach Bumps, Coach Sanders, really appreciate you guys. Shout out to both of you, like you are phenomenal, and they're fucking great drinking buddies. There you go. They, they, they're really into like IPA beer drinking, Perfect. Like breweries and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, that's probably a good gist of like the people, okay. coaches, teachers that really like impacted you. Impacted me. Yeah. Do I think all of them did? And I had really good re- relationships with a lot. Yes, I did. Like, cause I know a lot of kids out there that didn't. Yeah. But those, those the, definitely helped the real ones. in guiding this fucking fucked up redheaded child <laughs> in his life yeah and and achieving of what i've achieved and and who i am now you get through high school what what is life like after that yeah some people Do you go want to, me to be like real real i mean i was a drug dealer okay i sold and again if the fbi is listening and whatnot which whatever it's over with it's in the past but yeah. um during high school and then like towards the end of high school and sorry mom i love you but she i think she's heard of this enough of like i smoked weed it helped with the ADHD. Like, honestly, like I had to smoke weed consistently. And I, f- I found weed at an early age and people don't realize this, but like, I honestly found weed when I was like a freshman in oh, high wow. school. First yeah. time, first time I actually tried weed, I ate it. <laughs> My boy in high school, okay. <laughs> dime bag ripped. And he was like sprinkling on his chicken patty at, yeah. at, at lunch. And I was like, the fuck is what that? Are you, doing? Yeah. you know, and again, this was again, I, like at that time, I was really trying to find myself. And 
I'd already had my friends in sports stuff like that, but like I ran around with a lot of like the the hood gangster, whatever you want to call it, whatever, you know, like the kids. Because mm-hmm. we had a lot of kids that came from New York. So it was like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm like, yo, what is that? He's like, yo, bro, like this fucking dime bag rip. Like, I'm not trying to lose the weed and I'm not trying to get fucking caught. And I'm, and I'm, well, can I get some? And he's like looking at me and I'm like, he's like, you ever smoke? Or you don't. And I was the white kid. I literally was the only white kid out of like 20 kids sitting there, black and Spanish. And, yeah. You know, minor, whatever you want to call it. Like, and I'm just, and he's looking at me like, you fucking serious right now? Like you about, and I was like, yeah, man. Like, I want to see what this is all, like this, yeah. I watch movies about it, how high and all that mm-hmm. shit. I listen to fucking Tupac and Snoop Dogg. Right. Like, the fuck, man? Like, come on. Ice Cube is one of my favorite rappers of all time. Okay. By the way, side note, but I put it in my mashed potatoes. I know it sounds like a ridiculous story, but yeah, freshman year. Yeah. That was the first time. And then later in that year. I actually, uh, I had some friends from Warwick, a buddy of mine who I was super close with through basketball. And we hung out with some older kids, seniors. We were freshmen. And we smoked at the one kid's house for the first time. Bro, I got so damn high. And I just was like, this is amazing. Yeah. You know, everything is like clear to me. I'm calm. Because I was a pretty off the wall type of kid. Like, I'm the kid who was in class that literally would just stand up in the middle of class. Yeah. And just stand because I couldn't sit. Like, it was that bad, you know what I mean? Then came, like, junior years when I really started smoking and realizing, like, damn, like, this really helps me accomplish just normal daily shit at a higher capacity than what I, you know, what I'm capable of or whatever. So right. once I got out of high school, man, like, it, then I realized, you know, um, and we'll go back to this, but I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. And it all started with a fucking, uh, at the time was a, what we called a, uh, a, a dub, right? Dub $20 worth of weed. Okay. And I negotiated it to 15 bucks, right? So I got a $5 discount. Yeah. Here we go. All you drug dealers out there, man, like don't smoke your shit and you're actually really good business people. So oh, I believe that. Yeah. I skimped it okay. for myself. So I shorted it. And when we talk about that, I took some weed out of it for all of you guys that don't understand. And I smoked that and I sold it for the $20. Right. <laughs> Within like yeah. 10 minutes of it to my one buddy. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go back. I need more. Like I need, like, I got a little bit to smoke. I need to whatever. And, and you right. know, I made five bucks. Like I made five bucks. So I went back to him. I was like, yo, can I get another dub for 15? Like this is like, it was my, it was one of my boys. He's like, yeah, I got you, bro. No worries. Whatever skimped it again sold it for 20 yeah you know i mean so now now technically i'm only 30 dollars out of pocket right and here we go into investing yep and i made 40 so i made 10 dollars on top of that well at the time you could get uh and here we get into the drug deal i won't get into it but basically an eighth you could get you were supposed to pay 35 for which is which is an eighth of an ounce for all those that don't know the fucking lingo drug deal and all our stuff you're talking three and a half fucking grams right at the time you paid ten dollars a gram so three and a half times ten is thirty five dollars i negotiate i was like yo because i have 40 i was like yo let me get a an eighth for 20 or 25 whatever it was and he was like i got you because this is all in an hour this is in one hour oh wow so now i bought the eight now i broke it up again you know pinched a little bit for me and i'm like all right i'm gonna sell each of these four you know i'm gonna sell it for the 35 so (laughs) i got yeah i have 40 dollars spent i spent 20 of it got 20 sitting Sold that for then 35. So now I'm, you know, I made, I got 35 plus the 20. Like I got $55. Huh? 
then you know half an ounce i was like like this is all within six hours i think is what it came to i got up to an ounce of just wheeling and dealing i'm like going back because again like i smoke like when you're in that realm like mm-hmm. everybody and you're a social person you're just yeah. like boom 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 got yeah. up to an ounce well then you know in that one day i got up to an ounce and like my boy is like yo what the fuck like and he's like yeah i can't i can't hook you up anyway like that's not my game i'm a you know so he connected me with like his source mm-hmm. or his plug as we called it yep. his connect and you know that's when i it was like, all right, yeah, I'll buy an ounce. I'll, you know, and I was, then it got to a, a, what they call as a QP, which is a quarter pound. And then it got to a half pound, then it got to a pound. And it was Whoa. just like, this is really like easy. And yeah. you got to think like 10 years ago, man, like this is not, you could like, especially in PA, you could go away for a really long time for, uh, so you know, you're moving some stuff, distribution and all that stuff. And, but, um, so then I got into that and then, um, at that time is when like the good weed started coming about, right? And my cousin's mm-hmm. cousin uh, had a couple farms in California, and he actually came over because my oh, cousin wow. told him about. It. I was like, "Yo, my my cousin's moving some good weight," yeah. and he's like, "You know, my person out there is fucking up. Like, what's up?" So he he literally literally flew over. Flew his, he had a fucking like Rolls Royce or a, I forget what it was. It was a, dude, this guy, like, it sounds like, like my life sometimes sounds like out of a fucking I was gonna movie. going to say, this out of a movie? Dude, it was, it yeah. was cool. Like, it was, again, it was my cousin's cousin and I met him and he was just like, I'll put you on. So then all of a sudden, like, dude, I was getting shit in the mail. Again, FBI, like, it's too late. Like, fuck y'all. Like, it is what it is. But I would get shit in the mail, delivered to my house. It's like four pounds of like at that time, we gotta remember, like, all weed's good now. Mm-hmm. Back then, like ten years ago, like <laughs> you had like Kush and fucking AK forty seven and all the yeah. like those were the good shit. And then you had shit ass weed because that's just the way shit was. Like booty ass fucking right. seeds and stems and oh, shit. Geez. And then so like to me, this was like a new game. Yeah, he'd send a box and there there come like you know the flute. He'd like send it and there'd be flute glasses in it, like you know for champagne bottles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had I got wallets, I got whatever. <laughs> so his whole strategy, like I don't know, he had someone in FedEx that he paid. It they would come been, to my yeah. door and I'd answer and they would ask me like, "Are you so and so?" And I'd be like, yeah. "Nope." And they'd be like, "Cause they, you know, FedEx, you had to sign for delivery mm-hmm. for certain deliveries." Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, "No," and they would be like, "Okay," and then they would they would walk away like you know because normally like if you're not the person then you don't sign you don't get the package they would leave yeah. the package and that's how that's how it worked i was a pretty avid and again sorry mama but you know and i did this all under the radar yeah and um so from 18 to 20 that was like my lifestyle and it was pretty yeah it was i was a very like live by the edge of my balls and make money and I didn't give a fuck about anyone else, dude. I was very self-centered, like, at 18 to 20. You're definitely walk, walking the line, you know, at that time. Dude. Uh, and I, I would agree, from what little I know, I think drug dealers, this is, this is my take, drug dealers. That uh, word's so harsh. Well, dealers in general, like, right. Like, look at Pineapple You're Express, right. bro. Like, come on, <laughs> right. man. But, but dealers, I think, are, uh, some of them are some of the best business people out there. They're just not working look in at the mob. a legal arena. They're, you know, it's all... Look at the mob. Bro. Well, yeah, right. They built they run the everything. casino industry yeah. off of dirty money. They're into so much. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just they, you know, the dirty is a lot easier to, to fucking nap. Not easier, but 
you can do whatever the fuck you want type yeah. of deal. So right. But yeah, man. Um, and then I had my son at twenty years old, and that was a. That was the first moment that I felt I had purpose in my life. Seriously, yeah. like yeah. I didn't. Again, I didn't care about anybody. Like I was a big mama's boy. I loved you know. I mean, that, don't get me wrong, but I disrespected my mom by having weed delivered to her house, bro. Like yeah, oh, I disrespected. And I didn't realize at the time, but like when you think about it, so when, and this is another crazy story, like I met my son's mom in November, 2011. She was pregnant, February, 2012. We were only dating for two months. We got together in January, yeah, yeah. January, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, not ideal. We are not together anymore, but I'm going to tell you the greatest blessing of my life. Like it gave me purpose and I shifted like that moment that I found out that she was pregnant, I dropped every like told my cousin and uh, you know, was like, Yeah, I'm done. Like this is not Yeah. This isn't sustainable. This is like even though it's going good now, there's always that opportunity, you know what I mean? So I shifted gears of like taking that effort because you know, I made a lot of money. I spent it on bullshit. Like I have nothing to show in that moment of my life, anything yeah. but I shifted gears and, and, and that that's when I started really like focusing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, went to Thaddeus Stevens, uh, by the way, I had a full scholarship to LVC, uh, business, oh, I, wow. I, I double majored in business and accounting and dropped out the first semester, didn't even finish it. Cause, and they fought for me to finish. Like I had meetings with, um, the president, well, <laughs> it was different levels. Like I, I admit I had a meeting with my advisor, then I had a meeting with my advisor and my, um, um, one of my professors in the business realm. Then, I, then he had a, a meeting with me and the board of the business department. And then it was my psychologist during, I was Dr. Foster again, shout out. She was great at LVC and just all these meetings to the point where I was like the VP of like, you know, the, the vice president of the, of Lebanon Valley college and stuff trying to say like, what are you doing? Which now that I'm older, I really appreciate again, when I'm done, I'm done. So, you know, that was, I'm a dropout. Mm -hmm. drop out so i went to daddy stevens i got mono dropped out of that because oh, i went to, I, my whole idea was i'm gonna be an electrician i okay. don't i want to be in a trade i should have been in a trade like the one person that always like really like pushed of like and my mom was big on college not saying that she wasn't about what i want but like we were we were definitely like my brother was an accountant he went to bloomsburg fucking he's a genius he's yeah. like rain man you know, okay. me me i'm like I just get shit done. And um, so, you know, we were, we were, and in the time period, you know how it is, bro. Like college was like, that was, the, that was oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody it, pushes college. Everybody, yeah, counselors, man. family, I, you know, and they do it cause they love you. And I think they want the best for you. And they're like, you know what? Maybe like your mom or dad didn't go to college, but then it's like, and they didn't. Yeah. Beautician. Yeah. And drywall. They both went to see so Votech. Okay. There you go. Right. And so she was like, so adamant that yep. the only way to be successful was to go to college and get a professional position. And when we say professional, you know, the white collar, but you know, my, my papal, who's my mom, my mom's stepdad, um, which she's called dad, um, was always saying like, damn, Noah should be in a trade. Like Noah had like, cause I couldn't sit. I could, the class was tough for me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I killed it on, it's crazy. I don't even know how I killed it to be honest. Cause I sucked at tests. Cause say your grades were killer They're, from what dude, you said. I fucking, yeah. yeah. 4.044. Like I still have that. My mom, my mom probably still has the fucking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope she does. <laughs> she man. That's has awesome. archives, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I went to Thaddeus Stevens and my whole behind that, I went to that before meeting my kid's mom, uh, 
was that I need to eventually like shift into gears to something that's going to like be more than illegal shit. And, um, cause I didn't know what I was working. I dropped out of LVC and I had to like do something else. And like during while I was at LVC, shout out to my roommate, Tito, um, Tito Valdez, uh, Roberto Valdez, who is now an attorney. I actually, he works for like the city of Philadelphia, like nights of like talking to him of like, what's my next step? This This is when I was at LVC. And I sold mad shit at LVC, by the way. That like, yeah. yo, shout out to LVC, uh, fucking alumni, because you all made me a lot of money. <laughs> um, but we would talk of like, you know, what did I want? And it came to the conclusion, like, I want to be an electrician. Like, I used to fuck with electronics and stuff. Right. And again, got a full ride. Thaddy yeah. Stevens, if anybody knows, is uh, Thaddy Stevens College of Technology. They are a trade school, and they're like number two in the fucking country or some shit like that. Yeah. They're really like well-known and their job placements like 97 percent, all this other great stuff and i'm like okay they had a one-year program for Mm -hmm. electrical construction which you get a certificate and you know and that is more for like the construction aspect if you're going to go into construction and then they had the two-year program which was more of like electrical technology which you could either um because you get associates continue on to become an electrical technologist or whatever they called it which is like one step below an engineer or go into engineering okay or step into the job field and become like a uh, maintenance tech. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just a more opportunity. And uh, my thought was like, well, I'll do the one year and then I'll do the two year because the one year fed a lot. Like it, it would set you up for the two year. Um, and yeah, I uh, still was partier and I, I caught mono, which crazy enough. I had mono when I was in eighth grade, um, fucked me up. And you only have a 1% chance of ever having it again. So the way mono works is it's a virus and it don't actually ever go away. It goes dormant. Basically, like, I got it. I didn't get it again. Like, you don't get it again. It's actually the same virus, except it just reflared up. Jeez. So, dude, it <laughs> fucked me up. Yeah. And I just remember because, all right, so one year out of high school. And I remember going to, I wasn't feeling, like, I went to college and I wasn't feeling good, blah, blah. I thought, it was like sickness, whatever, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, fucked up, bro. Like, yeah. I remember moving in and I was, like, dying. So then I got better, you know, and I'm, I'm fucking partying. Every weekend I'm going home because Thaddeus Stevens is a dry college. Like, it's almost kind of like military school. Like, yeah. they, they check your room every, inspect it. Well, they have housing there? They do. And dorms and stuff? They I didn't do. know that. Dude, and it, it's, like, harsh. Because yeah. you got, like... You want to talk about the melting pot? Yeah. I remember studying with my boy from, he was from like West PA, straight up farmer. Man. Wasn't the most intelligent, like straight up like book smarts, dumb as a fucking rock. And he knew it. Yeah. But electrician, hell of an electrician. Already had experience. And then there was my boy Easy e from like North Philly. Like you want to talk about one of the scariest moments of my life going to North Philly and like being Caucasian and yeah. like. You don't, yeah. you don't do that. Easy yeah. E, my guy. I hope all is well. I haven't talked to him for a few years. That was my guy. But I remember being in dorm, like our dorm, like studying. Yeah. You're talking about like the hood to like fucking chucking hay bales. All just chilling, smoking a little weed, right. all that other stuff. So Daddy Steven is definitely an interesting melt pot. But um, we had housing and, you know, your room got inspected every week. And there were some disciplinary things that like I appreciate now as an adult. But regardless, on the weekends... Because it is dry. A lot of people would go to Millersville, 
I mean, we, we were the fucking rough bunch. Like, pretty sure, shit, you know, to the motherfuckers I went to Millersville, I apologize if I punch you in the face. <laughs> like, you know, because, like, dude, yeah. we go there. We had a stigma. It was, And it, I feel like I fit at home because that's how yeah. Lebanon always was growing up. Oh, yeah, so, you like, fit right in. I you, see what you're saying. Yeah, we went yeah. to Millersville, and it's like, damn, fucking daddy Stevens kids showed up. Right. Fuck. But, and then I would, or I would go home and I'd party. So, leading up to that, I remember going to the Lebanon cedars homecoming with this one girl and yeah man i was out super late i walked home from her we stayed at our sister's house with a group of friends by the way yeah yeah and i walked home and dude i had shorts and a t-shirt and it was like fucking 30 degrees out and the next day i couldn't get out of bed like i literally just hit you dude i i don't even explain like i didn't go i didn't get up for the bathroom like i had to fucking piss in like a fucking bottle because wow. like dude i was dude Mono, if people yeah. know man you want you think covid's bad fuck no i was wrecked for Mono. weeks and because of that i had to drop out of college at thaddy Stevens because it's a one-year program it wasn't like i could just get back into the the credits and whatnot that happened had to drop out went back to work applied got back in it again well i met my kids you know my kid's mom uh, my son's mom and then she got pregnant so like the, yeah that really changed the perspective of everything, man. So fast forward, you know, it's now the the, the following year. She's like fucking uber pregnant. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I am working full time third shift, forty hours a week, and going to school forty hours during the day. I slept twenty. I slept three hours every twenty four hours. Wow, you're burning the candle at both ends, dude. It Seriously. was. It was definitely, but. I was like, I'm determined. Like, I need to do something for this kid. So, yeah, that was like right out of, like, you got, th- like, I look back as like my buddy's kid. Like, I have some of my, like, my employees have kids that are like in their, you know, um, you know, 18, 19, 20. And like, I look back and like, don't get me wrong, I was a fuck, but I had my son at 20, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, and, you know, it was a, life-changing experience and like i really from that point on man i just was like it's a ground and pound fucking mentality bro yeah what would you say uh you're really passionate about like what what motivates you what drives you and then we'll uh, then we'll get into you know the so, you know your career and things like that but so i love my son yeah love my son man like he's a daddy's boy He's a golden child in my, like, you know what I mean? Like, I fucking yeah. love him. He definitely, like I told you, he was a life-changing moment. And, you know, I'm not with his mom. And we it's we co-parent phenomenal. That's and awesome. She's yeah. with, she has her fiancé. And I'm actually uh, back with my high school sweetheart. What? Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a whole other story. So we yeah. went back to high school, dated her. Um, she was younger than me. And I was be shit. Not like not like abusive or anything right. like that. Okay, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, I just want like, for the listeners out for there. all them listeners yeah. like no like I loved her. I always loved her, and I will. It's a little touchy subject, but like with my son's mom, I always was in love. Always, just I remember she texted me like I forget. This was like right around like I was in LVC before I left, right, and um, or I just left, and I just remember the text saying "done" or "I'm done," mm-hmm. and I was like the fuck is this that was it bro didn't talk to her for seven years from that point right so you're talking like 2011 till five years ago 2017 ish you know what i mean yeah but um 
you know, shout out to uh, uh, my woman, my honey buns, my life, my love that she gave me a second opportunity and I will not fuck that up. But passion, my son, my woman, and you know, I mean, that's something that I brought today is a picture of my, yeah. of, of me, my son and my woman, um, you know, cause she's a strong woman. Like the fact that she's a stepmother, you know what I mean? Like right. I never had to be a stepdad. I don't know how that is, man. I would say fucking real estate and hustling. Okay. You know I mean? Like the second thing I brought is a is a yeah, what's my construction say? manager. It says every day I'm hustling. Yeah. <laughs> because like it's always been in my blood. It's it, it was in my parents' blood. Like, and you can ask my woman. Like it never stops. And then the real estate ties into that of just I, I always wanted to be involved. Like I almost became an engineer. Like uh, side note, I worked for Hershey Park. I actually helped. I was an electrician. Um, I uh, wired up the uh, drop towers. Um, and I maintenance like sky rush and all that stuff. Oh, so wow. you're talking a dude who's fucking scared of heights climbing. Of heights? I hate, dude, I hate roller coasters and uh, dude. I actually, stuff. I love, ro- I, oh, okay. I enjoy roller coasters now, but yeah. before that, <sighs> Can't um, do that. you know, my, uh, do you know Killian Klopp? Yeah. Yeah. Remember Killian? Yeah, yeah. That's my cousin. Oh, so wow. growing up like him and his parents, used to take me to Hirsch Park, right? Yeah. They have a picture of me bawling my fucking eyes out on the Ferris wheel. <laughs> so I sent them yeah. because the one year, uh, the Ferris wheel was one of my projects that I had to, during the winter, we revamped. I have a picture of me in the center of it, just sitting unstrapped, saying with the middle finger, yeah. like, like look, at, look at me, look at me, yeah. I'm on this bitch. What? And I remember my cousin, my cousin was, uh, his mom was like, oh my God, blah, blah. Yeah. like came a long fucking way. Yeah, seriously. Um, but uh, yeah, man, uh, just overall, you know, I'm a, I'm a fucking, I'm a hustler and it, it's in my blood and my girl gets, you know, like it, it struggles sometimes, you know what I mean? But that's yeah. my passion. We're out and about and I look at it, I, I see something like, well, if you do this, you could do, you you could do this. Mm-hmm. You, know I mean? you can make this much money. And it's not about the money. It, I think it's the thrill and like the, and helping other people, man, and all the other shit. But it's huge. My family and fucking hustling is my yeah. passion, man. Now to get into the business, how did uh, Ask for Noah and Star War with, with two R's in the star... Uh, properties start and who came up with the name so we'll go back 2017 january 2017 i bought my first property for one dollar one dollar one dollar how did you how did you pull that off one dollar okay so, we'll just let it at that or well that well the real short story okay. is my a good friend of mine andrew zidick shout out who was a, a phenomenal buddy of mine um was a city inspector at the time and you know it was a condemned property and they were just in a situation like the actual owner was 90 some years old the kids Whoa. were in their 60s and the property was fucked dude whole the the guy next door was shitting in, in the fucking roof <laughs> no way you can't there was a up. thousand tampons and, and i have pictures if you guys check out like my personal you know like ask for noah or even follow me on facebook and stuff you'll see it I, it's the dollar house 214 south history 11 pa 17042 and I just like straight up had no money. I'm working at Hershey Park, making dude. I'm 25 yeah. years old, making 30 some dollars. Which again, at that time, like just five years ago or five years ago, like that was like fucking really great money. Right, right. Oh and yeah. It should change a little bit now with inflation yeah. and job market. But so I approached him and just straight up was like, "Look, my value to you is that I can take it off your hands. I don't have any money, but the bleeding for you guys will stop." I told him one dollar, and they were all about it. Um, so 2017 did that. Um, I started, uh, my first, uh, and then I, you know, from there I wasn't sure if I was going to sell it or whatever, but I fixed it up myself. Probably, um, Alex Lazan, shout out big, 
big help. Um, he actually worked for our company for a little bit, but at that time he was doing a lot of side work and I hired him to help me do some framing and stuff like that. Um, but I probably did like 70% of the work myself as an electrician too. I, I wired it. And yeah. We put all new electric. I hired, um, Earl Gill, who's Gill's plumbing. If you're local is a great plumber. Shout out to him. Um, I love giving shout outs to my guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, it, he, he did the plumbing on that project. Um, new roof, um, my dad and his best friend helped with the drywall. Like, um, you know, me and my brother, and my dad built the addition for the laundry room. Like it was, it was 18 months, a year and a half of yeah. fucking struggle though. Me and my mom, uh, me and my son's mom separate all this other stuff. But yeah. that property helped me establish getting into the flip game. Okay. So, uh, we fast forward 2018, um, I got that property rented, refinanced it. So we talk about this in my industry is the Burr strategy: buy, rehab, rent, refi, repeat. Okay. Right. So I bought it, I rehabbed it, I rented it. The value now is like, you know, triple, double, whatever it is. Refied it, pulled, pulled the equity plus got paid back. So now yeah. I got like extra money, and now I'm going like I wanted to do a flip. I'm on to the next thing. Um, so with that, uh, you know, I did that strategy, took the money and my mentor, who's a really good friend of mine, like family call him uncle Jay, Jamari Davis, loan officer. He, I was reaching out to people of like, yo, like I'm trying to like, who's out there in the flip game? Like who flips houses? Mm -hmm. Like give me an opportunity. I grew up, he grew up with my brother. I grew up with his brother, like, and I was close to his brother and he was close to my brother. And, and he was like, yo, little starry. You know, we didn't really know each other like that, but uh, he was like, "Hey, look, I got this property in Harrisburg, right? And I'm I'm maxed out. Well, it's in my name. I'm about to close on it, yeah. but you handle it, right? That was my first opportunity. And you know, from there, uh, at that time, my my LLC was called Star Property Solutions. Okay, right. So that was me by myself. I was joint venturing with him." Um, that first one, he didn't, he didn't get nothing out of it. He was just giving me opportunity. But from there, then I kept partnering with him. And when I say partner, I mean joint venture, meaning like he didn't have no ownership in my company. Right. And I had no ownership in his, but we worked together and then had an agreement. From there then, uh, is where Ask for Noah was built, was, was something developed. Again, yeah. I was talking to you earlier. Yeah. I, I didn't want to be a face of a company. I really didn't, man. I just wanted to hustle and make money and fucking right. you know, stuff. live your life. Yeah. And yeah. my, my, my brother, best friend, like Skylar Garman, he had this marketing guy, um, that was like helping him out. And we were just there bullshit. And I was like, talking like, Oh man, I need like some more, like, and he was like, he just, he kept saying, Noah, Noah, starry, Noah, star, like literally like, it was like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Right, like, right. He just was like saying it. And then like, he's like, ask for Noah. And he just like, he did the whole like gun pointing at me of like, ask for Noah. And that was it. He was like, there That's you it. go. And then fucking left because my buddy owned a supplement shop and he just left the supplement shop. I'm like, fucking genius. Ask for Noah. Like, fuck. Yeah. Simple, but yet straight to the point. What he do you do? literally, he later said, oh, well, you know, when you explain to me what you did about solving, because our, one of our slogans is we're problem solvers first, investor second. I, that's been around like I, I was with that from the very beginning and I said that to him and he was like ask for Jeeves yeah remember ask for Jeeves before Google yeah 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 that's how he came up with ask for Noah oh wow uh, he told me that later on but so ask <laughs> for Noah was born 
Yeah. I just fucking ran with it because, like I told you earlier, of Gary V of like, I didn't want to be the front. I didn't want to be that. But guess what? Like, I am. People could connect with me. I'm local. Connect. You know. You know. Understand right. all these other things. And I'm like, fuck it, right? So the Ask for Noah came about, and I just ran with it. And I told you, like, we had, I had that 10,000 views on that one live video. Like, yeah. we had consistently 2,500 views on on a bunch of videos and stuff like that. So I'm still doing deals and stuff like that. And then my Michael Orta, who's my realtor. So Michael Orta, Remax Cornerstone. If you're interested in real estate um, in the, the Lebanon County, Central PA area, that's the go-to guy. We both started basically at the same time. You know what I mean? So... A uh, good friend of mine was a uh, actually a rival back in like when I was younger. We used to play ball at the Y, um, and we actually almost fought. So it's crazy. Like my two, one of my two best friends, Skyler Garmin and Mike Order, like and who are now like associated with me professionally, yeah. both almost fought straight up, hundred percent. I wow. think that's why we're so close. So, anyways, Michael Orda is the go-to guy for real estate in this area, and we both started together, and we were. You know, when we first rekindled our relationship, which was kind of funny because we, we were fucking wanted to kill each other. We, he was like, Hey, I got this, I got this guy that you should meet. Right. And I'm like, Oh yeah. What's up? Like who? He's like, he's like David Warner Jr. And I looked at him like, Whoa, whoa, hold up. And I, I pulled up my phone and I pulled up a phone number with a name and I said, is this his phone number? And he looked at it and he's like, how the fuck do you have that number? I was like, fuck that guy. Oh, fuck what? that guy. Chip on my shoulder. Okay. So another associate of mine, family friend, had referred me to him to do an LLC, right? Yeah. Star Star Property Solutions. Okay. It's yeah. funny how the world circles. Right? I was going to say, right. And I got dubbed. He don't remember any of this, but I totally, I texted him personally I, yeah. and I called his office. And it's funny because I've only told him about this like a couple, like probably six months to a year ago. Yeah. We've been partners now since 2019. Okay. So he just laughed it off. He's like, I don't remember. And I'm like, you know, but at that time I was like, fuck that guy. And Michael's like, no, bro, no. Like this guy is an avid investor. He partners, he does real estate. He's an attorney. Like this is the guy that you should like meet. And I'm like, fine. So we meet, uh, we meet at La Placita, uh, Mexican, authentic Mexican restaurant, Lebanon, fucking awesome tacos. So not none of that Taco Bell shit. Right. So we met there and I'm sitting in front of him and I'm just spitting my dreams and aspirations and all this shit I'm going to do. And I'm getting the same look I get from everybody. Cause like, I'm a big open of like, I'm going to do this. Like you'll, and now this is not to my horn, but you'll literally talk to some people that have like been around for the, the game. Yeah. For like my have seen me develop and they'll literally like say like, damn, you said that you said you were going to do that. You know what I mean? So I was saying this to him and he, you know, he sat quietly. Um, if anybody like would know David is, he'll just sit there. You know what I mean? And listen, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Take in and you kind of feel like he's not even listening. And he, he just, you know, he, he's on his phone and stuff and he looks at me, he goes, go buy a property. And I was like, fucking bet. Like, let's go. So I bought, a three unit with him and that's where star war properties came about of like we needed to put an because he wanted to partner with me not joint venture um so that's where uh star s-t-a-r-r for starry and war warner mm -hmm. um came about you combine it star war and we're and we're nerds and he literally called me like three days like as i got the deal done i'm like yo we need an llc like get this do your attorney bullshit and right. get this done like <laughs> yeah i don't want legal zoom taking six months and he you know he called me i remember he was driving he's like he's like i got the best name star war properties i was like 
done deal. Oh, it's an awesome name. So I mean, that's how yeah. Star Wars properties came about. And from that point, um, we kept doing some things. And then 2020, right when COVID hit, yeah. I had a revelation of like, uh, again, spiritually, like I, I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going. I was like, you know, why don't I focus all my time and effort into one company and grow this thing massive? And I just so happened two hours later, get a call from David saying, what the fuck are we doing? Are we fucking? Is this an open relationship? Right. Are, are we married? Or, or right. like, what's going on? Yeah. And and then he gave it like, we should really like, like you know, pull this together. So early 2020, all of 2020 was just basically like trying to wrap up what I, because I had other investments that I was trying to tie out. Right. And so did he and all our stuff. And in 2021, so if you think about it, like last year was our first full year of Star Wars property. Really? Like, yeah, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, now we have like seven employees and, you know, we've, like, I, I have the numbers. I think we did 10, I've done 10 million in volume with Star Wars properties in the past few years of like buy and sell 105 transactions. Uh, you know, we have 50 some units and all that stuff. So there's the gist of how That's Star Wars has came okay. about and, and ask for no of the, you know, the, the marketing tactic yeah. of it. Wow. No, what a story. That's fantastic. Yeah. Like you said, when you came in, um, we got the proper 12 out of the, uh, Stormtrooper decanter, Dude, I, I know. And, and you right away, and then you saw the Kylo Ren uh, lightsaber. Love it, and uh, we just kind of collect ourselves, yeah, which is man. crazy. So what? You got all this stuff going on. Uh, what's the what's a day to day like? Like just real quick. Yeah, dude. So again, with the with my, you know, I struggle hardcore with bipolar and depression and, and ADHD. So it's really hard for me to stay stuck to one type of. Uh, uh what's well, the schedule or whatnot but yeah, yeah. you know recently i have come you know to focus a lot more and realize like i need it's time like you know i'm 30 I mean, we're not getting younger right and no, can't know, go I, back i believe 30s are the the real time to really start making moves you know mm-hmm. what I mean? you got the 20s of where you're still finding yourself struggling and 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 and, and you know making some mistakes and stuff like not saying i'm not going to make any more mistakes but like right making mistakes and learning all that where now like i have all that knowledge experience and resources that i built like like i just said we did all that business wise and stuff so for me i realized like it is time to get serious and you know, so like currently right now, I wake up on a, on an average day during the week is like I wake up about five o'clock um, and uh, go to the gym. And this is only recent. Like, you know, I've done yeah. this multiple times in my life, but now I'm being more intentional. Right. Mm-hmm. So I wake up at five um, because I've learned that I can't go to the gym any time of the, any other time. I tried doing it in the evening yeah. and it is not it doesn't work. I don't have the time, the energy, the whatever i don't even want to fucking do it no, but right. i enjoy it in the morning i really do like i'm not a morning person and everybody knows that you know um everybody knows me closely it's like, i wake up i used to wake dude i used to only wake up at like 10 o'clock and this is like probably like over a year like only a year ago. oh wow you know what i'm saying yeah. and then what i did is i i intentionally started to say well i'm gonna wake up at nine did that for a couple months now i'm gonna wake up at eight then i'm gonna wake up at seven okay because you know? one thing my girl points out is like when i am like i'm gonna change and i'm jump into it and yeah it's not sustainable bro right from 10 o'clock to five o'clock in the morning is a fuckery yeah and it's stupid that's a big change i i have consistently tried to get to that and now here i I get up at five and it's a struggle you know i mean again back to what we said discipline yeah five o'clock get up get ready um you know brush your teeth take a piss get dressed have all my stuff ready to pre-workout all that other stuff get my gym bag head to the gym 5 30 get back to the house around quarter of seven 
um, put breakfast together from like quarter of seven-ish, seven o'clock-ish till I would say about 7.30, go upstairs, take a shower, blah, blah, blah. I try, like, I want to get to the office uh, no later by like eight, you know what I mean? So I'm trying to get there by eight, and then my work day is probably like eight to five. Okay. I mean, because I, I need those hours, man. Like, it sucks. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, I've definitely skimped out, and like, you know, don't get me wrong, like, I work hard as fuck, but... I've learned that like right now in the stage of my life and where my business is that those nine, 10 hours have to get done, man. Yeah. I need to be the swamp. Mm-hmm. I got to swim. I got to swim the swamp. Yeah. I can't be worrying about fighting alligators, man. Like I got to be focused. I need to get us to that next level. Cause if I want to be a million, like a true millionaire, I mean like yeah. where I'm making X amount of dollars per year. Cause there's, you know, people misunderstand the whole idea behind a millionaire is like, like right now, we hold over $4 million in asset. That doesn't make me a millionaire. You know, if you have X amount of equity and net worth and you're you're generating X amount of uh, income per year there. So I have some aspirations that I want to get to it. And the only way to get to that is like doing the shit that nobody else wants to do. So eight to five, uh, dip out. Like my goal is to dip out five. And lately I've been trying so hard to turn my phone off at seven at night. Well, that's tough to do. Oh though. my God, yeah. bro. Especially like, being a yeah, business owner, yeah. And even just like my fucking ADHD, we'd be watching a movie and I got, I'm got i scrolling through my phone because there's yeah. a slow part like Star Wars, man, there's a fucking love scene and I'm just like, man, right. boring as fuck. What the fuck's <laughs> going on? Yo. Or like I got to look up like, damn, like who's that actor? I got to look that up. So, you know, that that right there is probably like my, is is only recently, I would say in, in a couple weeks, man, of like my life. Yeah. But like I've done it so many times now I'm being way more intentional about it of like that schedule during my lifespan has always been the most productive and being able to balance and then adding some of that like I gotta cut off the phone, man. I catch myself on TikTok for seven hours, man. Oh, TikTok Bro, don't get me started dude, on that. Dude, I love TikTok, man, but like yeah. it is literally just a trap. It's like a, it's straight a time up. sucker. Yeah. So, you know, yep. like being trying to clear that. So that, that that's my day, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, that's awesome. And I, I would agree because I know um when I was at Kutztown, this is back in 2011, 2012, you know, I got in the best shape of my life. I was on the track team, which which had helped, but uh part of it was like you said, getting up early. I would get up early in the morning get the workout done. And I look at that now, which I, I need to get back into as like, that's the hardest part of your day. Like when you're, you know, benching 225 or whatever you're doing, you're, you're running for like two, three miles. Like think about it. everything after that moment is pretty much going to be easy. Cause you've been, you've been doing it, you know, for how many, however many adrenaline's years. Adrenaline's pumping. Yeah. Adrenaline's like, pumping. Right. Things are, you know, you, you're in, you're, you're flowing. Yeah. Momentum. Correct. Momentum. Yeah. That's yep. a good word. Momentum. Exactly. Momentum. You know, so get the sweat done in the morning and then the rest of the day is your just mind Your mind's cleared, yep. all that other oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. You're so. focused. You're awake. So now, last couple of questions here. Why do you personally do what you do day in and day out? So for me personally, um, the reason I do things, man, is like deep down, like I really do love helping people, man. Like, you know, our our company is, a, like I told you before, solution-based. You know, like, we don't buy every deal. We don't buy every house. Like, you know what I mean? My goal is to, like, provide the resources for that person because in our industry, we're, like, the, what, what I do is, I, I, like, I am working with a lot of clients that are, like, in a situation, you know, um, they are, they are, uh, in despair in some way when, yeah. you know, cause we always say like, um, either the property is, you know, in, um, is, uh, I don't want to say despair. It, it, it's worn it, down. 
maybe yeah. worn down. Or the person. Yeah. Because Makes you, sense. You know what I mean? Or both. You know, they're looking for help. You know, I've learned that sales, you know, when growing up, man, you had the vacuum guy show up to your house. Mom was like, I'm going to fucking shoot this mom. Right. Get this right. guy out of here. Get him off the I'm porch. Gonna buy, yeah. like, I'm going to buy this bitch because yeah. he's fucking so pressuring and persuasive. Yeah. And all that. Well, what I've learned in the past recent years is like sales is now service. I would agree. Service industry. So like for me, service, man. Like I love... I love the feeling of it, man. Like, and again, it could be selfish too. When you think about it, like I, that is like a, that is, that's enjoyment of like, damn, like I helped this, this person out. You know what I mean? Like I I helped them get out of that situation or, um, or on the other end of like, I'm selling this dope ass house to a first time home buyer or I'm providing a rental that like is quality and safe and efficient because i remember you know i remember like being a tenant stuff like that like having that is like it it feels good being that tenant i'm like damn like this property's pretty dope and like my landlord's like chill and takes care of stuff so doing that like in all aspects of our like services that we give of like helping people whether it's they're trying to sell their house you know maybe maybe it doesn't fit maybe i'm not a fit for them and i'll tell them i'm like look i got this dope ass realtor i think he's going to be a better fit for you. A lot of other guys, like they got like a lot of people out there want to just capitalize. And don't get me wrong. Like to me, I am capitalizing. I'm capitalizing on, on building my, my, my reputation. Oh yeah. My big. trust, all those other things. Yeah. Man. So yeah, it's service, man. Being service to okay. people. Shout out. Great book. Um, the serving leader, Alex Kuhn, who is like a ch- Adam Kuhn's little brother. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, childhood, yep. you know, good friend and family friend, like family, man. He recommend that book, man. And it talks about, being a serving leader because we always think that leaders are at the top and this book talks about the leader being at the bottom and serving up and like yeah man serving is just like it feels great in my own way i'm not a big volunteer i'm not gonna lie like i coach and stuff but beyond that like i suck at volunteering yeah so now how can our listeners out there connect with you follow along on your journey maybe they have a property they want to sell how can they get in touch with you so we have multiple avenues, man. Um, you can give us a call at 717-833-4643, extension one. Um, if you're looking to sell your house, extension two. If you're looking for a rental inquiry, um, you can also check us out at askfornoa.com uh, with a four. It's A-S-K, four as in the number, N-O-A-H.com. Um, if you're interested in selling your home, you can reach out through there. Also, if you're interested in a rental, starwarproperties.com, S-T-A-R-R-W-A-R, properties.com for all our rental inquiries. You can follow us on Facebook at Ask for Noah and also our uh, IG handle at Ask for Noah. And, you know, you can reach out to us through social media. So if you want to follow our journey, um, because we do some really dope ass renovations and shit like that, or you are looking for our services, um, you can contact us through phone, text, website, social media. Perfect. So before we close out, is there anything else you'd like the listeners to know? You know, I'm a big firm believer of, you know, you know, hustling, putting into work and, you know, uh, providing value. I got a lot of DMs and stuff constantly reaching out to me of like, how do I do this? How do I do that? I want to, I want to start in this industry. My advice to you is when you approach those who, and again, I'm saying this from experience, not being an asshole or dickhead or whatever, or arrogant or not, but approach people that are in it with value saying, Hey, I want to get in your industry. I can do this for you. Yeah. Or, Hey, um, 
you know, I can offer up this service to you or stuff like that, you know, and, and providing value. Cause like my time as I'm getting more busy and grow and successful is valuable. Like I'm learning, like, you know what I mean? Like that means a lot. And it, 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 you know, a lot of people say it's priceless. So as much as I want to be a service, like bring value, you know what I mean? It makes it more intriguing and like you stand out. So all I'm saying is like, if you want to get into something, investing, podcasts, uh, marketing, uh, contracting, any of that, and you're looking for a mentor that you're not going to pay or anything like that, mm-hmm. provide them value. I couldn't agree more. So Noah Starry from Ask for Noah and Star War Properties on the American Grown Podcast in the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. You killed it, brother. That was awesome. <laughs> if you want to see more American Grown content, follow along on Facebook and Instagram. Username American Grown Podcast. If you received any value, please share this episode with friends, family, and coworkers. And lastly, subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, please direct message or email Austin at American Grown Pod at gmail.com.